Hi and welcome to Cyber Reason's Malicious Life. I'm Ren Levy. If you wish to get a sense of how unusual FATCAN is among the other cybersecurity conferences out there, you should probably start by visiting their website, thoughtcon.org. It's designed to look like a plain old terminal, black and white only, naturally. It's partly written in Russian and Chinese, and under the heading of location, it says top secret. So yeah, ThoughtCon is pretty unusual. In a previous Malicious Life B-Side episode, we had Jack Daniel from the B-Sides conference, and in this episode, we're continuing our tour of the most notable cybersecurity conferences with Chicago's ThoughtCon, spelled T-H-O-T-C-O-N, which celebrates its 11th anniversary this year. How did ThoughtCon come to be? What makes it unique among the other conferences? And what does it have to do with my favorite movie of all time, The Matrix? Eliad Kimchi, our producer, spoke with Nick Percoco and Jonathan Tomek, two of ThoughtCon's founders. Enjoy the episode. All right, today we're talking to Nick Prococo, a.k.a. C75, and Jonathan Tomac, a.k.a. Sakebom. Uh, and we're here to talk about ThoughtCon. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, living in the Chicago area, you probably recognize ThoughtCon as one of the biggest and oldest uh, hacker cons in that area. It has a unique vibe uh, and feel to it, and it draws thousands of people every year. So Nick, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, our pleasure. Before we dive into ThoughtCon, can you guys tell us uh, a little bit about yourself uh, uh, in a few words? Uh, Nick, you can go first. Sure, yeah, I'm Nick Prococo. Um, my, my day jobs have been in the security industry for coming up maybe on 25 years. Um, today, I'm the chief security officer at a cryptocurrency exchange known as Kraken. Um, and I run security and engineering there. And uh, I'm Jonathan Tomek. Probably, I'm probably Nick's like secondhand guy when it comes to a lot of random things, when it comes to like swag and uh, admission, the games, the CTF, things like that. So together, we kind of make a pretty good team there. Yeah. Um, and my personal stuff. So right. I started my company called Maddox, and I've been uh, doing a lot of cyber threat analysis and sci-fi uh, cyber to physical discovery of IoT devices. Where, where did it all begin for, for, for you guys? Why even start a conference? Yeah, I mean, I could talk a little <laughs> bit about that. I mean, I think going back, if you roll back the clock even like 13, 14 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I personally was in a place where I was speaking at lots of hacker conferences and security conferences, um, like all over the place, not even only in the United States, but all over the world. Um, and I think coming back from DEF CON, I don't even remember which DEF CON this would have been, um, but it would have been a DEF CON, I think in like 2009, I remember I was on a plane and thought, you know, why isn't there, what, why is there not a hacker conference in Chicago? And there have been like, you know, some conferences that have started and stopped over the years. Like there, I think there was one called like Chicago Con possibly that existed for a little bit. And then there was just like small little pockets of things, but nothing, nothing very, not, nothing at the scale or even just not even really scale, just nothing up sort of the, the spirit that I think we wanted 
Um, or I, I wanted, you know, at the beginning, like thinking about what DotCon could be or like a conference like DotCon could be. And the whole idea was to be very non-commercial, not like this conference where there's like this giant exhibit hall and there's like 50 vendors and then there's like, you know, one track of talks and, you know, you get six people in the room because everybody else is just hanging out, you know, being smoothed by vendors. Like that's not what I sort of wanted. It was more akin to um, what I experienced down in Brazil um, in Sao Paulo is a conference called um, You Shot the Sheriff. Um, that's down there. And it was very casual, held at a bar, sort of a top secret location. So I sort of, I sort of borrowed that from Luis, um, sort of like the, the template basically of what I thought, you know, a conference could be in Chicago. It sort of fit, you know, similar city vibe, right? Sao Paulo, Chicago is, it's sort of similar um, in that regard. So thought it could work well, um, work well here in Chicago as well. Um, and thought, okay, well, what should we do with, you know, how would it be organized? You know, what, what should it be called? And sort of just started going down that path. Um, and then chatted with, um, chatted with Saki and, and a handful of other folks in Chicago and said, Hey, let's do this. Um, so, yeah, so that's where it sort of all started was back in 2009. Um, and I don't actually remember, like, I know Jonathan and I got connected up through just sort of the local, you know, you know, hacker scene in Chicago, I think at that point. Yeah. I mean, the scene, the scene in Chicago is uh, just so ripe for, we were, we were so itching for something. And yeah, once we got together, I mean, that's, that's why we even had it at Joe's bar. I mean, that was, yeah. On one. It was so perfect because the venue was just, it was so raw. And I think that was why everybody really enjoyed it as so much. I mean, it really kicked off. I mean, we had that, we packed that place, that place loved, loved us so much. Did it meet your expectation or was it a completely like shattered as soon as it started, things just kind of were uh, fly by the seat of your pants? I would say we had something pretty special, um, you know, at that first one, it just like the venue, the lighting, the screens, you know, like all of that sort of just sort of clicked with what we were going for from a theme perspective. And then the population of people that came were this were the same folks that attended like 2,600 locally every month that attended like DC 312 every month that attended shot, you know, the shy sec um, conferences, um, you know, not conferences, but meetups. And so like just drawing from that, that group of people, we usually, I think we had like, you know, 130 people and it was almost like no advertising. I think I posted um, the only advertising I did. I think I posted it to full disclosure when like the, the call for papers, you might be able to find like in the archives of full disclosure, my first email um, out there, but that's, we did sort of like this call for papers, um, and then advertised it. And then we got some really awesome people to, to present talks and, and speak. And, you know, and it was a good time. I think everybody had a really great time. And then we just decided to do it and do it once more. And it grew just a little bit. And then I think that's when it sort of started taking off, like the demand for like the space and the tickets and the people sort of, out, so we, we were, we always capped it, but it was always sort of outpaced what we're, we're looking for. And today it's even the same, right? We'll sell tickets out. I think we sold out tickets for for this one that we we've postponed for it feels like forever. Um, we, we sold out this one on October first, twenty nineteen, um, in like something like twelve hours or something like that. Like all the tickets were gone, um, and we still haven't had the event. Right? It's sort of yeah. the event's going to be in October of this year, so it's going to be almost two years. It's going to be at, longer than two years after we sold the tickets is is when we're having the event this time. But they sold out. The demand for it was crazy. Sold out like almost immediately. Oh yeah. So many people still ask me that like, Hey, do you have any more tickets? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> Sorry. 
what we learned is that at our events, things got a little raw um, and um, in, in not as like buttoned up and professional as like most of the other conferences. I would say even even like DEF CON, right? At that time, right? Because DEF CON, you're on stage in front of like, you know, 3,000 people. There's cameras everywhere. There's reporters. Um, things are a little more you know, reserved. And we found our events, um, the speakers, even though you know these were the same speakers that were speaking at places like DEF CON and Black Hat and RSA, in, in, in big conferences that were speaking at our events, they enjoyed, you know, letting loose a little bit um, and, and going a little deeper, telling backstories about certain things. And so we made a decision, I think after ThoughtCon 2, like no more, no more recordings um, at all. Um, and we haven't. So there's no, there is no like video record of like, you know, hundreds of talks, right? Like actually more than that, like maybe a thousand talks now. Um, there's no video record of them. They don't exist. And the whole idea is you had to be there. You had to be at the event. Um, and that was it. Before, before we get to the visual elements that I do, I do want to talk about because they're really cool. Uh, we have to talk about the name, right? Because I, I think uh, for, for those of you listening, for the listeners uh, of the podcast, uh, might think that ThoughtCon is spelled T-H-O-U-G-H-T, but actually it's spelled T-H-O-T which uh, in popular vernacular, popular lingo might mean something else. What, what's yeah. the origin? Of course, this predates any of that. What's the origin of the name Thought God? Yeah, well, it, 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 it means that hacker over there. Um, no, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just kidding. So, yeah, so, so yeah, we predate any of that vernacular that exists today. Um, it basically was me with a United Airlines napkin, just like, jotting down names of a potential conference. And I sort of, you know, I knew Chicago con had sort of existed, you know, sort of wanted to get away from that. I think I had like shy con or something like that was, was some ideas, but there was shy sack and I didn't want to like conflict with that. And then I original idea was just the, the numbers three, one, two con. Um, and, um, and I thought, you know, that that's sort of generic too. Like, I don't know. It doesn't have like a, it doesn't feel like a brand. It doesn't feel like something you'd want to you know, mm-hmm. continue to go to for years. And so I was writing down like the, the words 312 on a piece of paper and then underlined the TH and then the O from one and then the T from the two. And I got thought and I put thought con together and, so, and thought it's in, in thought that it sounded great. Um, right. Cause it's sort of, you could say thought con and it sounds like thinking and ideas um, and a conference but then it's not spelled that way, right? It's spelled different, um, and um, and that's where it, that's where it really came from. And the first thing I did when I got off that flight back from DefCon is I was in the back of the cab, like on Network Solutions, like trying to see if that domain was available. And sure enough, like .org, .com, and um, .net were all available. So I just bought all three um, right there, and which is kind of odd, right? Like for for that time period, for you know a seven character domain name, like you'd think someone would have you know you know, randomly sucked that one up and been squatting on it by then, but they weren't. So miraculously, we, we, we grabbed it, grabbed it and were able to, to start building a website around it and doing all these things. So. so something funny about all of that is I think it was really like Dr. Four, it had to be because that's, it was like right after we moved to one the new venue, um, we, we had the after party at this venue and we had a couple of, couples show up really really dressed up that were obviously not part of the thought kind of crowd and we're like hey what what's going on what are you here for they're like we're here for the uh the thought kind party like oh um 
well, you're welcome to stay. <laughs> but they looked around and they saw all these people and thought, yeah, they were dressed to the, they were dressed to the nines, like, <laughs> like dresses and like, amazing. like very flashy tuxedos. Right. It was like this yeah. whole like get up. It was like pretty incredible. I was like, that was the first time I actually thought that there was anything else that was named that. And I still didn't really quite get it. Um, after, even after that time, it was like, I think it was ThoughtCon 4, right? It was yeah, like it ThoughtCon was 4. 4. And like, that was it. And then like, it dis- like I never, it never crossed my radar after that, probably mm-hmm. until like maybe four, four years ago. Yeah, six or seven. So when I, when I think of ThoughtCon, I mean, it, sort of shifting gears, but also still in line with the whole uh, abandoned warehouse. You know, when I think of ThoughtCon, I think about the style, the experience, the visual style. Uh, you know, when you go to sign up for ThoughtCon, it's it's all text-based. It's ASCII. There's no visual. There's no GIFs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, yeah it still is. And the whole feel of it is very, very underground to the point where you would not reveal the location. Even if it was the same location, you wouldn't reveal yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, we don't. We we never publish the location. It's never been published by us online mm-hmm. ever. It's never on the ticketing site, never on the website. Yeah, that's that was part of the the idea. So there's yeah. a real like HackerCon vibe, uh, you know, to use to to use the term liberally. Uh, where did it all come from? And and you know, what's it like to keep this going to keep it up? I mean, the idea that I had even like early on. I mean, like, like if you look back, you can look at our archives and you can see what the first ThoughtCon website looked like. And it was, it, it was, looked very similar to what it looks like today. Now we've like expanded the view, right? Like, I think it's like, mm-hmm. it, w- it was like 40 column, like Commoner 64, 40 column, kind of like just, you know, fit into a screen kind of thing as with the first website. But the idea was really just, you know, bare bones, kind of look and feel. We wove in, you know, even from the first one. Um, you know, and it was very like, and we also wove in like Chinese and Russian, um, even into the first one. Um, like there was always like Chinese or Russian text. And the whole idea was like this, like backstory, right. Waving, you know, putting this backstory around the conference that really never existed was like the backstory I sort of mentally wrote was this is some underground, um, hacker conference international where people from all over the world show up. And it's like, you know, it's, you know, there's Russian hackers that come possibly, right. There's Chinese hackers that come possibly. And there's, there's folks in the U S that are there, there as well. Um, that was sort of the, I, they sort of, you know, the implied backstory to it. Um, and, you know, sort of put that into the look and feel and to design, even to the point where like, you know, when you first came to the conference, the idea was that everybody got the same things, right. So it was, there's, you know, like when you go to a conference, you're like, Oh, I get like, you know, I get this, you know, I get a badge and that's it. Like what we did is, you know, the first conference, you got a bag that had a t-shirt in it with your size. It had a program. It had, you know, one sticker added one pencil and had a, you know, it had a, a, a pencil sharpener in there. And then all of this was packaged in this black envelope that had a sticker on it that was randomly in, you know, it was like printed in Chinese or Russian or, you know, or English sort of overlaid over it. And so that was the sort of like unboxing feel that the first one had. But the whole idea is it's like, and it's been the same. We, we haven't changed that since, since forever, right? Like that's the same sort of thing that we carry over and the same components are in there. And I think people really look forward to that. Just to put things in perspective, by the way, how many people are attending this, this, this next one? Um, looks like about 1800. Looks like 1800. We'll have about 1800. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we, yeah, I think we sold like about 1700 
tickets or total tickets were issued. And then you include the speakers and you include the oppers. And so I mentioned mm-hmm. oppers earlier. So oppers are, are volunteers at the event. If you're a defender fighting to protect your organization from cyber attackers, you must be successful ending attacks every single time. They only need to be successful once. Cyber Reason reverses the attacker's advantage. Our future-ready attack platform gives defenders the wisdom to uncover, understand, and piece together multiple threats, and the precision focus to end cyber attacks instantly. Cyber Reason ends cyber attacks from endpoints to everywhere. One thing I think is really front and center is the puzzles. Are the puzzles? You guys mentioned that. But as soon as you open the program, there's there's puzzles. There's oh, yeah. like always strings. What? How? How did that come about? And you know, th- there's they are some serious puzzles. How do you guys do that? How do you develop that? Being curious, you know, you, everybody always wants to to learn. So you got to hide stuff and gives people something to look at, gives you the ability to start hacking away. I mean, whether it's um, hiding some ciphers in there or just, hey, I want to go connect to this server and see what's on. And that's been the whole intent of literally all of the puzzles is let's, let's hide it in the program. That's always the way to start and learn something new. I mean, at least from my perspective, I want you to come out of there with something to say, hey, I, I've gotten better in some way, or there's something I didn't even know about. And the, the grading of how difficult the puzzles are is just based upon us how far you want to go. So you kind of have to work together with some people that might not know it. I mean, I remember one of one of like just the cipher puzzles, it was like, it was like a 10 phase step that was literally in the badge. It was just on the top row and I forget, that was probably one of the first years you attended there. And that basically went through every different language. And you finally got to the final answer. And it was like, hey, let's hey, just try it. You know, something to do. Uh, how many of these things? I mean, this, is this a kind of a rabbit hole for you? Do you brush up on your crypto, like cryptology, every, every thought con, trying to find new ways of... You better believe it. I think the one thing you can say, and I think this will go the same thing for Nick is it's incredibly more difficult to be a teacher or that leader because you have to be able to broaden your mindset over everything that's going on. So you have to know a lot in order to teach people, but you also have to know how to be within your theme of the year too. So you don't want to stray. You want to kind of keep people on a path. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly coming up with puzzle concepts or in different uh, crypto puzzles that one are solvable and not like crazy obscure, but two can somehow make somebody go, okay, I see the rational, I see the, the, uh, the plan and how this is going to like unfold itself. So um, switching gears again, uh, going back in time to the first, uh, first couple of uh, first few uh, thought cons. Were there any memorable moments in those few thought cons, memorable talks or experiences that you guys remember? 
Yeah, I don't, there's probably a few we shouldn't talk about, maybe. Um, we we, we got to talk about one that's just at least really hysterical about the uh, the boxing match after the uh, the UFC fights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, that's a good first yeah. one. That's PG-ish. Yeah, definitely. So I'll tell a little bit about it, but then maybe Jonathan, you might have more, more details in it, but um, I think it happened. Did it happen? It was only the set after it was after ThoughtCon two, it right? After, it was after two. Yeah. So we had at this bar called Joe's bar in Chicago that is still around um, that had sort of evolved. I think it used to be like a sports bar, but then it sort of evolved into like a country bar. And then um, also would have like these obscure, like other kind of events that they would host in there. Cause it was a unique space. It was literally like a large room, lots of televisions all over the place, floor painted black, ceiling painted black. You know, it was like, you know, it was like almost like this sort of like a theater kind of feel to it, but it was a bar as well. Like it was a, you know, it was a bar, like a sports bar kind of feel. Um, and they told us going into it that we needed to be done by like a certain time. It might've been like six o'clock. Like we, we only had it for one day. This is when the event was only one day. Um, it was on a Friday, um, just yeah. once, one day and that's it. Um, it was not two days. And they told us we needed to be done because they needed to set up for a, a, an, an event that evening. And I don't think they told us what the event was. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so like right at like, cause it, we had to be done at six, but like right at like 540 or maybe 530, these people started bringing in like, 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 chain link fences right yeah. and like and like stage material <laughs> like like debt like sort of like risers and like all this kind of stuff he started bringing it in like just sort of like putting it in like the doorway like getting into like where we are and it's just sort of okay we're closing up we're talking about stuff and then um we had this vip area that we had that was upstairs that overlooked the stage area and people were up there finishing up their drinks and all of a sudden like all of these girls in like like different costumes started showing up like wasn't it like Snow White? There was like all these different costumes and they started showing up. And, um, and basically um, this was like this like women's wrestling cage match kind of thing that was going to happen um, at the venue um, after we were done. Um, and I think there might've been like guys as well that were going to fight, but it was this whole like real crazy thing. It was like amateur cage match fighting. And they were, while we were cleaning up, they were like just pushing the chairs away and like setting up these like caged walls for like the stage that was going to go in the middle of the room. It was pretty crazy. Oh yeah. Everybody was asking us like, is this what happens after talk every year? <laughs> like, is this the next part? Is this the yeah. after party? Is this the yeah. after after party? Yeah. yeah nobody <laughs> knew. Oh man. It was pretty, it was like, we had no idea what was going on. People were asking us and we were like really confused about like why there was like this cage match that was forming. And they're like, oh yeah, that's what we scheduled after your event. And so then we're like, I think after that, we were like the next year, uh, we moved venues, but we were like, there cannot be an event after our event. Um, like we need to be able to book the whole venue from the, for, for the whole day, um, no events afterwards. And so what we ended up doing, I think the, in ThoughtCon 3, it was in ThoughtCon 3, maybe even ThoughtCon 4, um, maybe 5 as well. I don't know. We, we had like our after party at the venue. Um, the venue was big enough that we were able to convert the whole venue into an after party. So we didn't run into that situation. We at our very first year, we even had some guy starting to DDoS. Or no, it wasn't even DDoS the network. He was just trying to hack the whole network. And we're like, we're looking around trying to find this dude. Like everybody's complaining, like, what's going on? Why, why is the internet down? And we we barely had like internet at that that first conference anyway. That was that was a hard pull. And we ended up looking around with security guys, like, where is this dude? Where's this dude trying to figure out what's going on? And he's sitting at the table at this uh 
the I don't even know it was like the high boy by the bar we're like that was like the first major security event we had at Thawcon one we're like what the heck why is this one guy doing this like the guy he had like no good reason to he's like what the, I thought this was a hacker cut I thought this was all cool oh man those are hmm. ridiculous but that also after that whole day that's what ended up starting the after after party when we were going to Neo. Maybe for maybe for some of the people who are listening, maybe you could explain what new is. Oh man, you're right. This is a fun one. So if anybody, well, everybody should be familiar with the Matrix. Um, the Wachowski sisters attended the Neo nightclub for years. I mean, it was a staple of Chicago scene. Like, and the club, if you really want to get a feel for it, is when you first watch the uh, the Matrix when he says follow the, or when they say follow the white rabbit and you go into that club, that, that feeling right there is literally what Neo that club was. It was underground down a back alley. You would not have known it was there. It's in like middle of a street that you're just like, Oh, Hey, it's all nice retail stuff. But you go down this alley and you walk in there and you're like, wait, this, this is where we are. What's going on. And it's the, if if anything couldn't be could be more like industrial cyberpunk feeling this is exactly what it was this was it goes back to all of our youth and which is why we were so excited about it but the um it just became like this after after party where everybody could just be completely free and enjoy industrial music enjoy like EBM EDM and uh that's actually the same feeling that we've been going for for throughout Dokkan. I mean, I kind of weave some of that into like the programs and stuff, but that is, I mean, that that's always been us. So if you haven't attended, definitely recommend it, but it's also kind of, uh, it might not be for everybody, but who cares? I mean, it's, it's yeah. something that's a lot of fun, but we, we still, um, since Neo has closed, which is now, I think it's like, uh, daycare. Children's daycare. Um, <laughs> it was just pretty crazy. Yeah. Like kid, taking your kids to the, there and I'm sure they had a, yeah you know they had to really clean that place up but but imagine like people unknowingly in lincoln park in <laughs> chicago like hey there's this new great daycare they have no idea that they're taking their kids to what used to be you know neo oh yeah so what we ended up doing now is um every year now we uh we find a venue and we make we remake a neo night even with the same old djs and everything and uh have a lot of the same old attendees that come and this includes like the scene formerly from chicago that used to attend neo too so it, it becomes like all around a really really great night i kind of wanted to end on a future looking note i i was thinking about asking you guys what do you think is the impact that you've made on the community around you? Um, and what are you looking forward to? The one thing that I, I get the most out of, of ThoughtCon um, are, are the people that I've you know, met um, and then reconnected with um, over the course of the year, or many years that we've been running it. So there's, there's countless numbers of people that I've met or seen at like one of the early ThoughtCons or even just different ThoughtCons over the years who have, who have like, met up with me or like you know, walked up to me at other events who have said things like, Hey, my first hacker conference ever um, was ThoughtCon. 
Um, and you know, my first, the first time I ever went to a hacker conference and now I'm speaking at DEF CON this week, right? Or they've said things like, you know, I was a, you know, a, a windows administrator, um, at a bank, um, in Chicago and, you know, was really interested in security, but really couldn't get into security in my bank. Like, you know, it was sort of like this, this wall that I couldn't get past. So I decided to take it upon myself and I bought tickets to ThoughtCon. I attended a bunch of, you know, talks. I met a bunch of people and now I'm, you know, now I'm in security at this other organization because of the things that I learned or the people I connected with. Um, and so that's, that's where I think the, where the biggest impact that's really given people opportunities or, or created opportunities for people um, in the Chicago community, but also in the global community who have come um, and attended. You know, when you just run a conference for like maybe one or two years and end it, you don't really get to see that impact. But since this has been around for a decade, um, there, there are people who started coming to ThoughtCon when they were like 17 years old who are now almost 30, right? So, so that, you know, they're, they're now getting into like the mid-career um, and they can, can tell us like how they, how they got into the get into the community, got into the industry, and are now doing great things, uh, which is really, really exciting and, and awesome to see. What's so cool about ThoughtCon, which I, I never really would have thought other, uh, possible, but other than it just being like a localized Chicago conference, which is originally our, our core goal, it, it kind of became international. That like, I've, I've been to Taiwan and I've been to HitCon and they're like, oh yeah, you, you, you're, you work at ThoughtCon? I'm like, yeah, like, how do you know who I am? I'm in, I'm in Taiwan. <laughs> They're like, oh, I've been, I've been there. I know people that went there. I'm like, you're on the other side of the world. How do you even know about this? But it's, it's, it's really wild to just see um, how the influence spreads about the community and just seeing people grow and uh, keeping that cultivated. Because um, I, I've met many, many people now um, that are just so excited about uh just not only growing and learning something new, but bringing others into the community. And this is why we keep it as raw, why we keep it as um, like old school as possible is because everybody really resonates with that, that uh, is in the hacker community. And, and with that, like keeping that community going is probably the most, is probably my favorite thing about it because it's something that I, I love the nostalgia of it, but so does everybody else. So it kind of keeps us all really tied together. Really appreciate you guys. This was a really fun conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you too. Thank you. Oh my God. CK Music. Music. Music.